The Wild AFC West lived up to its name in the offseason with crazy additions like Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson, but also some big departures like Tyreek Hill. The Chargers had a couple of splash additions of their own, but did they do enough to take the crown in the AFC West? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And on today's show, we have a big one because we're talking about how the Chargers stack up against the AFC West. The schedule has now come out. We know where the Chargers play them during the season. But even with all of the additions and departures, did the Chargers do enough to close the gap in the AFC West? And obviously, it starts and runs through Arrowhead. So I think that's where we have to get into. And those big losses, can the other guys that they added, like a Juju Smith-Schuster, like a MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, did those make up for the fact that the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill? You know, did the Broncos do enough with Russell Wilson to really put themselves in a position to win the West? Or are the Chargers still better with additions like J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack? That's what we have to get into today, David, because, oh, yeah, the Raiders also added Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. Like, this division is so nuts, and now we're going to talk about how the games played out last year between the Chargers and these two teams, and if the Chargers did more than these two teams did to really put themselves in the driver's seat to win their first division crown since 2009. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, well, we haven't really talked much about what the rest of the AFC West has done during this offseason after the draft, right? Because that's right. where these teams put the finishing touches kind of on their offseasons and really, you know, framed how this division is going to play out with the rosters that we're going to see going at it in a crazy division. And in the AFC West, David, that's what the Chargers have to really focus on this season, right? Last year, they split the series. Like, I think this year they need to go at least four and two in their division, right? You have, if you're a really good team, play like a really good team, beat other really good teams. And I think even getting to the record we had, you know, like a 12 and five record or something like that, you still have to beat a lot of the non-conference teams, right? Non-division teams. But in this division, it seems like that's where a lot of the toughest games are going to come from, David. And And you have to start with the Chiefs. And last year, the Chargers split the series. One went to overtime. The other one was Justin Herbert late in the game getting the go-ahead touchdown to Mike Williams. He really had two go-ahead touchdowns. In the second game, he had one with two minutes and nine seconds left, and they gave up a touchdown. Less than a minute later, Justin Herbert doesn't touch the ball in overtime. Now the Chiefs and the Chargers square off week two, Thursday night football, early on in the season. You're going to get a good you know, glimpse of what these two teams are going to look like. And then week 11, November 20th, we'll see. So pretty early on later in the season. But David, this has been crazy ever since Justin Herbert stepped foot. I mean, even before like Philip Rivers 2018 game, right? The Mike Williams in the back of the end zone, the two point conversion. Oh, yeah. But like with Justin Herbert, like that's been a duel. Justin Herbert has taken one, right? And has really kept it crazy close in every single game. And I'm really, really looking forward to these games as always. Like, 
I mean, like we said before, every single one of these games is appointment television, but especially, I mean, I think ever since Justin Herbert entered the game in his first game against the Chiefs yeah. with absolutely no notice and then just completely lit it up, we can't see these games any other way. They're just going to be crazy intense. The talent on both sides is obviously very apparent. And after this offseason, Daniel, it's gotten even better. Yeah, and I mean, Justin Herbert has two overtime losses to Patrick Mahomes, right, and one win because he didn't play in the second game of 2020, his rookie season, because the Chiefs had already clinched what they needed to in the AFC. Every game has been nuts. I mean, and Brandon Staley, that was kind of when we first saw, like, oh, hey, he's just going to go for it, like crazy, you know. He's not going to leave it up to Tristan Viscaino, thank God, and because he ended up missing the PAT in that game, too. And Patrick Mahomes got the ball back, but... I think they're the one team in the division where you wonder if they got better, David, because I think yeah. with most teams in the AFC West, you're talking about the additions. You're talking about J.C. Jackson. You're talking about Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson. The biggest story for the Chiefs easily is losing Tyreek Hill and trading Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. They got a lot of draft picks back, and we'll talk about some good additions, guys, we liked that I ended up with in the draft, of course. But, David, it starts there. It starts with the departures. It starts with Tyreek Hill. It starts, you know, Tyron Matthew was a big part of that defense, a heart and soul of that defense kind of player. Yeah. Charvarius Ward, another good player for them. Yep. John Reed, Daniel Sorensen, I'm glad to see is gone as well. But it starts yes. with Tyreek Hill for sure and how they replace that. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't. I mean, there's yeah. only one Tyreek Hill in the NFL. I mean, that, that guy is absolutely nasty because of what he can do with the ball in his hands, no matter where they are on the football field and with his ability to continue to create and continue to be available for his quarterback. I mean, how many times did we see Tyreek Hill bail his quarterback sure. out? I mean, a million different times or just have these crazy backyard plays that you just never expect to work out. And he takes it the distance for a, a game winning touchdown. He did that time and time and time again. That's why the Miami Dolphins traded what they did for him and gave him a massive contract because that dude is one of the most dangerous weapons in the NFL, bar none. So to get him out of the AFC West and away from Patrick Mahomes is an absolutely beautiful thing, Daniel. That dude can absolutely wreck a game, and he did so against the Chargers on many different occasions. Yeah, and I mean, it's just hard with a guy like Tyron Matthew to really encapsulate and quantify all the things he does for a team. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they replace him. I think they do have some big question marks on their defense for sure. And it wasn't a very good defense for most of last year. Then they turned it on, right? But yeah. they lost a lot of really good players on that side. And they had some good additions. I mean, that was the big thing after Tyreek Hill adding Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Then you also add, you know, Sky Moore in the draft to the receiving core. You add Juju Smith-Schuster. But I just think it's one of those things that even with those you know, additions, I mean, and George Karloftis, a guy we like, Trent McDuffie on the defensive yeah. side. Those are good additions in some cases, and rookies we'll see, right? It seems like they're going to have to rely pretty heavily, especially on those defensive rookies right away, which can always be tough. So they added a lot, but it's just do those, do the sum of that, you know, equal everything that Tyreek Hill brought to the table, right? When Even just adding all those individual pieces, none of them close to what Hill brought. No, not at all. I mean, none of those guys are anywhere on the same plane or the same universe or in the same universe as the Tyree kill. Terry kill was, is a true superstar of the game. He's one of the best players at his position in the NFL. None of these other guys that the chiefs brought in are at that stature. So I, I can't say, you know, with, with any certainty or any confidence that, you know, the moves that they made equal out 
the loss of Tyree Kill. Those guys that they got in the draft, those are all lottery picks. I mean, they pick them, you know, and you want to see them do well. Obviously, you, you know, you have an expectation for that, but you have no idea what they are going to do when they step out on an NFL field against NFL competition. They're going to have to prove what they can do. So the proven commodity that Tyreek Hill was versus the potential of what these you know players are or could be, I don't. I, they just don't. They don't add up at at this point. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's hard to replace that, and you just almost never win a trade when you're the team getting rid of the superstar player. Yeah, and it was just him and Patrick Mahomes. But let's not get it twisted, right? I mean, this is a division that runs through Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because of their dominance six straight yeah. years inside the division you have to go take it away from them so i do think i mean on paper the chargers got a lot better on defense they got better i would say on offense it's hard to argue that the chiefs really did that on either side of the ball got better right at the same time i mean andy reed was doing it with you know byron pringle right and demarcus robinson and like a bunch of just dudes like he has more than just dudes on his team i still think though david on paper the chargers have closed the gap i think the Chargers on paper are the best team and I think they're better than the Chiefs. I mean, there's different arguments for the Raiders and the Broncos who are both very much improved. I yeah. think the Chargers on paper are better than the Chiefs, but the Chargers still have to go take it. A hundred percent. And I I would agree with you on that as well. And you look at the defense for the Chargers versus the defense for the Chiefs. I think you see unequivocally that the talent is very, very different. There's a big disparity between what the Chargers currently have now with J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa and, you know, all of the amazing weapons, you know, now that, you know, they have run stoppers with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson and bringing in Kyle Van Noy and, you know, the, the draft picks that they were able to, uh, you know, throw into the fold as well. And then on the offensive side, there's really only one major hole that you can look at and say, yeah, that's definitely something we need to figure out. And that's the right tackle position. But past that, I mean, the Chargers are absolutely loaded on the offensive side of the ball. But yes, I mean, this is all on paper. And until the Chargers go out there and actually strap it up and beat the Chiefs like they should, you know, with the potential and the talent that they currently have, if they stay healthy, I think when you, you know, take the rosters and you match them up right now, I think the Chargers have the superior roster. I think they do. I mean, especially defensively, they lost a lot of guys. They haven't brought in a ton of guys that I think are going to fix what they're going to do without just having to really heavily rely on. I mean, really Justin young Reed's guys. a solid player. I mean, I'll, I'll sure. give him that one, but but it, I mean, that's a Tyron Matthew for Justin Reed swap right there, yeah. right? So it's like, are you arguing that's better? And no, I wouldn't. Nah, I'm not going to do that. And I think that the Chargers, you know, they have enough offensively to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. He's still special. Travis Kelsey oh, yeah. is still special, and it's not going to be easy and the games are still probably going to be close when these two teams face off but that's how you prove you're the best team in the AFC West first it starts with beating the Kansas City Chiefs because you have to take it away from them because they've went deep playoff runs every single season basically since Patrick Mahomes has been starting and also won a Super Bowl so go take it you have the players to do it let's see if the Chargers can pull it off but that's not the only threat right because I think there's a legitimate chance you know that we're going into the later parts of this season with all of these teams being very bunched up in the AFC West because there's a lot of really good players, including the Raiders, who probably got the best player added into the division during this cycle, at least at their position. That's Devontae Adams because he's you know potentially the number one receiver in the league. They also added Chandler Jones. What have they done? How much have they improved from last season? We're going to get into that. But if we think, David, the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West, are you ready to put your money where your mouth is? Are you willing to put a bet on it? Because if you do, you got to do it at betonline.net because it's the number one place for all of your betting needs because it is a crazy time to be placing bets right now with everything 
going on in the playoffs. I mean, the basketball playoffs are nuts. Just watch tonight before we recorded this. What happened to the Suns, right? If anyone, some people made some money on the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Some people made some money on the Celtics tonight for sure. And the NHL, I mean, has been even crazier. I mean, the first round, I can't believe it was only the first round. So many game sevens, so many crazy playoff games. And if you want to find the best, funnest place to place bets on any kind of playoff game or any sporting event of any kind, because baseball is going on as well, UFC too, you go to betonline.net because they are going to give you the best and funnest ways to play, including maybe picking the Chargers over the Chiefs in 2022. But make sure you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to learn, to learn more about all the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. David, there's so much. I mean, we probably should we probably should have split this up into multiple shows because so much happened in the AFC West. And we can continue to, you know, pick up on some of this stuff later on. But now we know, right? The draft is over, free agency is over. We know when these two teams play. Chargers have a primetime game against the Chiefs. They don't have a primetime game against the Raiders. But what they do have, David, is one of the games of the season in the entire NFL last year. Maybe oh, yeah. the best game of the season. Not really for Charger fans, but that crazy. Raiders Chargers game the Chargers of course as they did with every team in the division split the season series last year in 2021 and they lost the most important game of the series the season to the Raiders yeah that's tough David I mean that's pretty brutal I mean now this year it's crazy because they don't have any primetime games against the Raiders and you'd think you know after last year having Monday night football where they took away the Raiders you know undefeated record that was great and then you lose the final game of the season on Really something that encapsulated your whole season, right, David? It's just that big run to put them in field goal range, to have them not take the tie and have both teams make the playoffs. I mean, week one can't come soon enough, David, because that's going to be, I think, one of the biggest games on the slate the first weekend of the NFL easily. That game might not be a primetime game officially, but I tell (laughs) you what, it is absolutely a primetime game and i know it's a primetime game for a lot of charger fans for sure i know there is a large feeling of revenge of retribution (laughs) that are filling chargers fans hearts when they look at this game against the raiders after what happened after all the heroics after all the insane throws after all of the things that they did converting fourth down after fourth down after fourth down and just refusing to quit and Justin Herbert just going super Saiyan God mode and just doing everything in his absolute power to win that game just to see the kryptonite that the Chargers got just completely killed with all season. The run defense failed them yet again in the biggest moment in the biggest game of the year. I know that hurts and I know it still hurts for the players too. I know that that one stung and then they still talk about that game and they still talk about the effects of that game. So I know they're going to be revved up and fired up immediately week one to get that win right back from the Raiders. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, it's always heated against the Raiders with the chargers. I mean, I think the chargers fans hate the Raider fans and Raiders more than any other of the fan bases. I would believe. They were just uh, they were brought experience. up to do that, man. It's just, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how, how it's been. But they are under first-year head coach Josh McDaniels. Can't believe yes. that dude's still getting, you know. And deep, first-time deep. GM as well. And a first-time GM. So we'll see how that all mixes, right? No more Gus Bradley over there. We'll see how the defense goes under Patrick Graham. And I think, I mean, when you're looking at where this roster is at this point, I mean, it starts with the biggest addition of the AFC West as far as oh, the yeah. player at the top of their positions. That's Devontae Adams. Huge move by them. A big swing to keep up in the AFC West. You also go out and you get Chandler Jones, 
You trade away Yannick Ngakwe, so now you have the combination of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's a great combination. Now Max Crosby was great last year. Yeah, that's scary when you have the Chargers right tackle situation, and then they have you know other guys, Kyler Fackrell. They got some rookies, you know, mid round picks because the Broncos and the Raiders traded most of their early picks, so these guys yeah. are picking later on in the draft. But David, I mean, it's hard to ignore what that combination is going to be at this point. I mean, Derek Carr to Devontae Adams again after playing together at Fresno State, they reunite. And that's going to be a big move for an offense that was already pretty good last year. Yeah, they were. They were pretty good, but they didn't have any really good wide receivers outside of Hunter Renfro. Outside of Hunter Renfro, there really wasn't anybody that, you know, would say, okay, that guy definitely scares me. Now they are Darren Waller, right? Because he's basically, yeah. you know. Right. That, I mean, Darren Waller's a tight end, weapon. but I mean, yes. Yeah, so th- I mean, he's really just a weapon. I mean, now there's that trio, though. Hunter yeah. Renfro and Darren Waller and Devontae Adams. For sure. And I mean, hey, you have to absolutely give Devontae Adams his credit. He is going out there year after year after year and put up crazy numbers, albeit with Aaron Rodgers, right? A future, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. And now he's going to Derek Carr. And, you know, let's make no mistake here, good people. Derek Carr is not anywhere close to Aaron Rodgers, not in any sense, any form or any fashion. So just remember that. I mean, I think, you know, Raider fans need to temper their expectations on what they should expect between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr in the first year of their union. I'm not saying it's going to be a complete catastrophe, but I think it might take some time for them to really gel and really find that chemistry. But also, you know, you just can't discount the obvious difference in arm talent between those two quarterbacks. Yeah, and I mean, Derek Carr had, you know, good games with the guys he had, you know, that didn't have a guy like Devontae sure. Adams in it, right? And they still were super explosive at times. Josh Jacobs, I mean, has always been kind of an enigma to me. I don't really ever get it, but he was also the one that pretty well, much... Well, neither did the, the Raiders because they declined his fifth-year option. On all of them, yeah. Jonathan Abram, that's where I would be looking. But key losses, Casey Hayward, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, Yannick Ngakwe, those, I mean... Not huge losses, but like Casey Hayward was like their best corner for most of last year. Which oh, is yeah. Crazy to say, you know, Zay Clearly. Jones had moments where he was their probably their best receiver in certain games, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all meshes with them under a you know, first time head coach for them. And Josh McDaniels, obviously, he had time before with the Broncos. We saw how that one turned out. Disaster. <laughs> I think, David, for me, though, the Raiders defense is where I still have the most question marks, especially in the secondary. They bring in Rocky Asin. From the Colts in that trade, they get, you know, Bilal Nichols, who's a nice piece inside for sure. But you still have to look at where the gaps potentially are, especially in that secondary. And I see a few of them, you know, without banking on just players becoming a lot, a lot better than they were as far as last season in a totally new defense. Right. Because we saw how much the Chargers struggled at times trying to get into their new defense. Right. With the players that they had. Chargers have way more talent on their defense to me than the Raiders do. So I think oh, yeah. in that gap with Justin Herbert having the gap that he does over Derek Carr, to me, the Chargers are better than the Raiders. They were better last year. They just didn't win that last game. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely think they're better than the Raiders, uh, just overall talent-wise on both sides of the ball again. I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I, I like what the, the Raiders did when they you know they paired you know Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I mean, that's, that's going to be a, a sure. lethal unit for sure. But if you don't have the guys on the back end to cover, you can't really maximize on, you know, on the, you know, the potential and the advent, you know, the, the advantage that having a good pass rush provides you. They're not going to really be able to create those turnovers that you're looking for. And I think that, you know, that's right there where there's the biggest disparity or biggest difference between the Raiders 
in the Chargers is on the defensive side. They are much more talented on the defensive side now with the the additions and the depth that they have provided to this team. So I think the Chargers were better last year, and I think this year they're going to prove why they are the better team. Well, and that's the thing about games inside of your own division, right? The only way to have that definitive thing of saying, you know, we're better than that team is to beat them both times because if both not, times. it's one and one. And that's been the problem, you know, with the Chargers too many times splitting games. Like, you lost the game last year to the Broncos with half Teddy Bridgewater, half Drew Locke. You know what I mean? It's like, games like that. Now, there is no easy games inside the division. You have to go out and win both of them. And you had to finish, obviously, with a better record. And I think the Chargers didn't show last year they were a better team than the Raiders when it counted the most. They have right. a chance to get that back this year. And I think Devontae Adams, I mean, is a huge addition for their oh, offense. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's going to be big. But I think the Chargers just improved so dramatically defensively. I just think they're such a more well-rounded team than the team that the Raiders faced last season. But the biggest, I think, upgrade at a position, though, that's as far as importance, was obviously Russell Wilson heading to the AFC West. Heading to the Broncos, another team with a first-year head coach and a first-time Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Did they? Is that enough? They were always a quarterback away, but now that they have the quarterback, are they the team to be in the AFC West? Did they close the gap with the Chargers after a seven and ten season? We'll get into that coming up right after this. But I think the Chargers, the best thing about their offseason was that first day of free agency after already bringing in Khalil Mack. It felt like our birthdays because it was J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson filling giant needs right off the back and getting one of the biggest players in free agency. I think that's why we're feeling bullish on the Chargers. But every day feels like your birthday with Built Bars because right now they have a birthday cake Built Bar that's out right now. I've always been a sucker for birthday cake flavored things. So now when you're talking about a birthday cake flavored protein bar that's packed with 16 grams of protein, you can definitely say that I'm in on that action, right? You can also go peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream and other great flavors. But this one, guys, the birthday cake puff, unlike any of the other built bars I've had. I like the puffs already. I mean, cinnamon churro, banana cream pie, but like birthday cake puff, 100% covered in white chocolate, and they have 150 calories. Tell me something else birthday cake flavor you're getting with that kind of, you know, something that's going to fit on your diet. 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories. If you guys haven't tried the puffs, let me tell you guys, it's changing up the protein bar game, and the birthday cake is my new favorite built bar i've had a lot cookies and cream peanut butter brownie cinnamon churro but birthday cake's now my favorite i mean it feels like your birthday every time you eat one how can you go wrong with that who doesn't love their birthday even though as i'm getting older the birthday becomes a little less fun but birthday cake is still great when you can feel like you're eating a birthday cake and having something that can still fit on your diet you're doing something right and do something right go to built.com get the birthday cake bars while they're still there and save some money with since you listen to this a podcast you can use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order save money on those birthday cake built bars at built.com promo code locked 15 to save money today all right david we talked about the other two teams right i mean i think <laughs> of course we're going in, i mean i think this is the first season you know where we felt like the chargers could easily be not easily but you can make a good argument for them being the best team in the division right because yeah Justin Herbert, obviously, I think Patrick Holmes is still better than Herbert at this point, just with what he's accomplished. And I mean, the way he's the resume, yeah. ridiculous things. I mean, they have different skill sets, right? And they have some of the same right. ones. But yeah, the gap between them is a lot closer than most quarterbacks, obviously, right? So then it comes agree. down to what the roster is around them, because that's when it starts making a difference, especially when you have a superstar. But 
the Broncos added a superstar quarterback, and that's, you know, nothing sure that, did. you know, that's uh, to a team that already had a good defense is losing their, you know, defensive-minded head coach in Vic Fangio. But even last year, David, the Chargers lost to the Broncos in one of those games, right? They still split the series last year. Then they had the COVID-ridden second game later on in the se- season where the Chargers, you know, kept their season alive and smashed them 34 to uh, to 13, but also lost the first game 28 to 13 in an embarrassing fashion, I would say, for the Chargers. They never go away, right? Now they just kind of threw themselves back into contention, David, where it's hard to even look at those games from last year because it's like, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's now in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's what you do. I mean, you you you, you know, you, you take everything that you saw last year and you throw it out the window. You don't even look at it now because Russell Wilson makes that big of a difference. I mean, different he coach, is a franchise quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. yeah, different coach, different offensive system, different defensive system. I mean, there's going to be a lot of changeover with this organization. And that that's why I think that I don't know how well they're going to do right away. I just think that it takes time for a whole new system on both sides of the ball to really be taught to the players and then have them go out there and execute it in the way that it's supposed to be ran. I think we saw that with the Chargers last year with, you know, a a new offense, which, hey, the the offense did really well, right? They were top five in most categories. But on the defensive side, they were one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So I think it just takes time for those systems to really, you know, ingrain themselves in these players' heads and them to be able to go out there and execute that you know, the way they should. So I think it's going to take some time for them to be the team that they, uh, you know, they, they can possibly be. The potential is there, but I just don't see them being really good right away. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I, I could see why it would take time for sure. And there's a lot of turnover in the entire division. I think you could say that about all the teams in the AFC West, including the Chargers, yeah. because it's like yeah. they have an entirely new defensive personnel with some mainstays, you know, like Bosa and Derwin James, but like a lot of new players who are expected to start and get significant playing time now is all going to have to gel. But with the Broncos, I mean, it it's nice because they already had a pretty good offensive line, right? They have a pretty good running game. Javante Williams in bringing back Melvin Gordon. That was already a strength of theirs last year, even on a terrible offense, right? But you got an upgrade at the most important position. I think defensively you wonder, right, what that defense is going to be like now that it's not Vic Fangio, right? Yeah, what does that look like now, right? It's always felt like they will just always have a good defense, right? And, I mean, they also added Randy Gregory, DJ Jones. They already had Bradley Chubb, who I think is coming off of a down season by his standards. I think the Chargers got much better defensively than the Broncos did, but I like those picks. I mean, Randy Gregory is a guy that's a very good pass rusher. DJ Jones was a guy I liked as far as the Chargers trying to add a run stuffer when he was an option. But I think the other big part of this too, David, is them hoping that he can really bring to life that receiving core that they've had locked up for the the next few seasons. Can he get Cortland Sutton back to where he was when his trajectory was way higher than it is coming off a down season? Jerry Judy had zero touchdowns last year. Tim Patrick, a solid receiver, but can he take all those? Right, yeah. Sure. I mean, a lot of it's going to be like him taking those dudes to the next level. A lot of dudes who, you know, individually haven't put up great singular seasons. Well, and those guys, I mean, were honestly not really that quiet about saying that they wish they had, uh, you know, a better quarterback to throw them (laughs) the football. So now that they have a legitimate superstar at the quarterback position, 
there, there's no more excuses. Now let's go out there and put up the numbers and, and go prove t- to everyone why, you know, you were, you know, top receivers in, in the game. I mean, they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They just have never been able to put it together. And then, hey, that could be because they didn't have the quarterback to put it all together. But I think I'm not really as worried about the offensive side of the ball. Like I said, I am worried about them, you know, you know, really learning the system and going executing it. But on defense, that's the biggest thing for me is, is it going to be the same system? It's probably not, you know, probably going to be a different system. And so how are they going to be able to learn that and execute that? And is it going to be the same type type of dominant defense that we've seen? Do the players still fit the new defense? Yes, exactly. I mean, are they going to be able to go out there and execute it like they did for many, many years? I think that is where I have the most question marks. Well, and that's the nice thing for Brandon Staley, right? He's like, he has had now two seasons to kind of get the players he needs defensively and guys that he feels like will fit his system, right? They only really yeah. had this one off season. You're working with a lot of the guys they still have, which, yeah. you know, <laughs> includes Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan the second. Like, those yeah. are really, really, really good, good players to, yeah. to fall back on. You lost Shelby Harris. I mean, I can't Bomb Miller as a loss still because it's like, hey, Bomb Miller isn't part of that defense. And that yeah. was one of the main mainstays of that great Broncos defense. When you thought oh, yeah. about, okay, they're going to have a good defense. A big part of that was always having Von Miller, you know, and he yeah. left last season in the middle of the season. He's not walking through those doors. You're going to need Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory to really hit it off and, and both play well for you. You're going to need DJ Jones to fit in well. And maybe, you know, obviously they think he will bringing him in and paying them what he did, you know, during paying him what they did during this offseason. So I think there's a lot of questions still for me in that defense for sure. And I mean, how it's all going to fit together, but I think the other part of the offensive side of things here, David, is like Russell Wilson just had DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, right? So yeah. like he I both of those guys would probably be the number one on the Broncos. I don't oh, think yeah. that's saying anything crazy, right? And like no. now their best guy isn't gonna be as good as his top two options. And they had a bad line and you know, the running game was hit and miss and they had Pete Carroll, you know, in that offense, whatever. But I think for the Chargers I just I think that the Chargers offense will still be better. I think the Chargers offense still has better weapons, right? Yeah. I think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler is better than what they're putting together, even if they might have a better running game as far as pure runners with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I would give them the edge on that. But well, and they we'll also see didn't. if Spiller changes that too. I mean, if Spiller comes in and 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 wreck shop and runs like he ran in college, I mean, I think that could be a really good one two punch for the Chargers too. So I mean sure. I think that's to be determined. I'm saying, I mean, this is based on what we know, right? I mean, I'm not sure. We're, yeah. we're what we know not... is, yeah, they have a better established running game without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about, you know, draft picks being lottery picks and stuff like that, I mean, we obviously sure. still have to see it, right? These dudes did oh, it course. last season. I think Javante was, you know, best rookie running back probably. Oh, yeah, he was season. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think the thing is, though, is just the Chargers have better weapons than most part. The Chargers could... The offensive line would probably be pretty close because the Chargers just have that one big hole, you know, that it's hard to quantify right now. But I think yeah. with what the Chargers have done defensively, I think that's just, to me, what makes them better than the Broncos on paper at this point. It's always going to be tough. Going to mile high is always going to suck. And then you get, the, you know, the last game of the season against the Broncos. Yeah. You, they get, they're going to get five games before you to gel, like you talked about, because the first one is week six on Monday Night Football, primetime yeah. game. It's always going to be tough, David, right? And these teams, there's no slouches now. Like, you don't get to play in the AFC South, right? And we'll talk about that. The Chargers are getting to go up against the Jaguars, right? Getting to go up against the Texans for a revenge right. game. Right. But in this division, like, every game is going to be super tough. But to me, though, 
I think there's just a lot of things we haven't seen yet, right? Nathaniel Hackett's offense, what Russell Wilson's going to look like. I mean, I think that's huge. That puts yeah. them right there into the conversation for competing in the AFC West, which is huge because they weren't really close to that last year. I mean, they weren't any, no one was taking them seriously. Now you're getting taken seriously. I oh, just, yeah. if I had to, you know, pick one of these two rosters right now to ride with, I'd pick the Chargers. Well, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are going into year two of their systems now. Justin Herbert's going into year two of a system for the first time in his career. I mean, including college. So, I mean, it, I think it's just going to be, you know, obviously, you know, that system last year defensively didn't do great, but now you have a lot more players that fit what that system is trying to do. So a lot of projection, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of projection, right? But I think the talent that they brought in is undeniable. I mean, J.C. Jackson, one of the best corners in the league, Khalil Mack, hmm. a former defensive player of the year, Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, phenomenal against the run. So, I mean, all of the pieces and, and the depth, I think, has been upgraded so exponentially for the Chargers that when you look at the roster now, it's not just top-end talent. It's top-end talent and depth now. At least that's what sure. it appears to be as we see it right now. And I think that's why we can sit here and say that the Chargers are definitely the team to beat in the AFC West. Now, they have to go out there and do it. They have to go out there and unseat the Chiefs. And until they do, then, you know, it's just potential that hasn't been realized yet. Yeah, it's all just on paper at this point. I mean, because the thing is, is as any Charger fan could know, going back through, you know, recent history, I mean, probably even not even just recent history, but like, the better team on paper in a divisional game, it only means so much. Like, yeah. because, you know, even the Raiders were beating the Chiefs a couple times a season when they weren't even making the playoffs, you know, over the last few years with Derek Carr and that team, right? But it doesn't matter who the better team is. You got to go out there and win for the Chargers. You need to go at least four and two in, in this division. I mean, for me to really think of that as a win inside the AFC West, I, I yeah. mean, and, and they're only a couple of seasons away. I'm going 0-6 in the division a couple of years ago, right? I mean, that we're not that far away from that. This year, it's going to take at least 4-2 and two for me, I think, for to, for the Chargers to do what they need to do and to have a chance to win the division, right? 4-2, yeah. and two, I think, is the floor to win the AFC West. And you have to beat the Chiefs at least once, I think. That's, that's how you do it. And you might have to play the Chiefs three times this year. We'll see, because that schedule isn't out yet, the playoff schedule. And the Chargers have to make the playoffs, because anything less than that is a colossal failure. So, Absolutely. on paper... They have everything they need to compete in the best division in football, right? The Chargers can be one of the best teams in football. That's what we're saying here today. They have to go out there and do it. And Justin Herbert has to keep on improving from, you know, borderline MVP, you know, ish numbers that he had yeah. in 2021. So it all has to play out. And they have to, the guys you have that play well need to continue to play well. The guys that you need, that you brought in need to fit well. And the guys that you need to step up and take a step are going to have to do that for all this to happen, which is a lot of things. This division is very much up for grabs, but right now I'm putting my money on the Chargers. That is going to wrap things up for today's show, though. It's going to be so crazy. I'm so excited to see how this plays out. The Chargers have a crazy schedule, the 10th toughest schedule in the NFL. So we're going to continue breaking down the different parts of that, including them getting the Rams in the NFC West, them getting the Titans and the Colts, two teams that are going to out-physical them or try to in the AFC South. A lot more with this schedule we can get into. We might do Twitter Tuesday tomorrow as well. So if you guys want to get in on that action, hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC and give us a follow there. You can also follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and Dave Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find the show on YouTube where you should be subscribing to that and make sure you guys never miss the show. And you can also, if you're listening on the podcast, 
Follow the show on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from for free all the time and rate the show and review if you like it as well. We really appreciate those always. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, we'll probably get back to fan mail Friday this week, calling 2323-524-7924 and tell us if you think the Chargers are now the best team in the AFC West. We have much more to get into this week, but get your guys' questions in on Twitter Tuesday. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, until then, take it easy and go Bolts.